Hi, and welcome to the first episode of Worlds Divided, an actual play podcast from Halfwits and Failed Crits. I've got with me Luis. Do you want me to say Hi, I'm, I'm Luis? Yeah. Hi, I'm Luis, and I play Nick's turn. Laura. Hi, I'm Laura, and I play Anya. Kylie. I'm Kylie, and I play Malara. And Mary. Hi, I'm Mary, and I play Adriel. And I'm Jonathan. I'm the DM of this adventure. And what we're going to be doing for you guys is catching you up to when we first started recording. So we have three episodes that we're going to be publishing. This first one is going to include our first, second, and third games. We're going to do a synopsis of them. And then we're all just kind of going to round table and talk about them afterwards. And we'll do the same thing for the games four to six and seven to nine. And then we'll be caught up with when we first started recording. And you guys will start hearing that. So the title of our first game was called United, and we're going to have Mary, who plays, as we mentioned earlier, Adriel, read that synopsis to you. Our game begins with a very strange meeting. Fresh off a kill, an orc named Nixtern, played by Luis, seeks out a bar in a new land to refresh and ready himself for more jobs, more travel, and likely more killing. What he doesn't know is that he is being trailed by Adriel, played by me, Mary, a tiefling assassin hired to make sure Nixtern's actions don't go unpunished, and Malara, played by Kylie, an elf from the kingdom that Nixtern just threw into chaos. Nixtern enters the Dead Skull pub and stands at the bar waiting for his drink to arrive. As he does, Malara and Adriel enter and begin to blend in with the crowd. Unfortunately for them, Nixtern drowns his drink and immediately starts a bar brawl. Their attempts to escape are stifled by the mob of adventurers storming into the pub from the streets of Hollistead, looking to join in on a good round of fisticuffs. Adriel makes a desperate attempt to leave the fray by taking the less subtle exit of the pub window, but as she does, a goat jumps through the window and knocks her back into the room. Seeing the goat and not wanting to get injured, Malara molds the earth floor into a ripple that knocks down most of the pub's inhabitants and effectively pauses the fighting. With the noise calmed, Malara hears someone pleading with her to help them. Looking around, it is discovered to be the goat. It claims to be Finadir Albright, an esteemed wizard of transmutation magic. He goes on to claim that his home, Tree Tower, has been confiscated by his apprentice, and he has been imprisoned in this goat form and held captive in a pen. He claims to have heroically escaped, but is sure he claims to have heroically escaped, but is sure that his apprentice will be sending henchmen to reclaim him very soon. Just then, a large anthropomorphic bear makes its entrance into the pub and with a stern voice asks that the local goat be handed over as its owner is worried sick. Malara gets in front of the goat and claims that the bear is lying. Nixtern, seeing an opportunity to restart his brawl, grabs the prone Adriel and launches her at the bear. As the fight subsides, Nixtern insists that he aids his new companion Malara in helping the goatified wizard return to his human form and take back his home. Adriel insists that there be payment for this endeavor, or she will not help as she has other paying work. Finadir promises that they will be handsomely rewarded for aiding in his return to power and leads them to his overtaken home. Once they arrive at the scene, the group fights their way up the tower to confront the apprentice in the library. Just as the group seems to have him beat, he retreats further up into Tree Tower to what appears to be a bedroom. With a loud creaking and splitting of wood, the apprentice transmutes the bedroom set into a large wooden dragon that promptly proceeds to battle the group. With a lot of effort and Nixtern snapping both the necks of the apprentice and the dragon, Tree Tower is reclaimed for Finadir. (laughs) Finadir rejoices and with his goat mouth retrieves his wand from his now deceased apprentice. (laughs) Dropping the wand in front of the party, Finadir explains the magic that needs to be cast in order to to transform him back into his normal wizard self. 
Adriel picks up the wand and follows Finadir's instructions. Unfortunately, Adriel isn't any good at magic and screws up the spell. <laughs> good one. <laughs> Turning Finadir into a horrid blob before he painfully perishes and melts away. Good. Yep. <laughs> I remember that. Great first episode. We With- did kill him. <laughs> With Finadir dead, there is no one to give the group their reward, but there also isn't anyone left at Tree Tower. So Nickstern suggests claiming the tower as their own. With a little renovating, it was livable before dusk, and the group takes a well-deserved rest. Awesome. Who wants to read the synopsis for episode two? Luis! No, I forgot that we played. Yeah. <laughs> well, wow. I think died. <laughs> was that our first failed crit roll of the whole <laughs> <Yes>. game? <laughs> not surprised it was me. <laughs> How did we kill the bed dragon? You snapped its neck. We did something weird. I think I tried to light it on fire and failed. Anyways, we'll talk more about that after we get through number three. So episode two was named Gilded. Take it away, Luis. Game two, Gilded. Our intrepid adventurers gain a new ally. Anya, a drunken wooden elf, stumbles out of the woods into the encampment and decides it seems like a good place to live. Did you say wooden elf? I think you said wooden elf. Let's start again. Ahem. Game two, Gilded. Our intrepid adventurers gain a new ally. Anya, played by Laura, a drunken wood elf, stumbles out of the woods into the encampment and decides it seems like a good place to live. Nick's turn, Adriel, and Malara accept their new companion, since she comes with an adorable blink dog, Pants. They are enlisted by a woman with a burglar problem who offered coveted guild coins as a payment if they can capture her nighttime intruders. Hiding throughout the house, the party lays in wait for whatever might go bump in the night. Anya, having the sharpest eyes and best dice rolls apparently, spots the first intruder and jumps it, accidentally killing what appears to be a slimy bullywog. Malara manages to capture one, while Nick's turn accidentally steps on one, crushing it completely. The crew proceeds to interrogate the captured bullywog named Bill and force him to take them to their bullywog lair. That's your husband. Yeah. yeah. Almost. Just right the yeah. <laughs> that, that becomes your husband, I think. <laughs> Foreshadowing. Upon entering the cave hideout, they encounter a group of guild members who were also hired to sort out the bullywogs. Anya, realizing the group is human, says some racist things, and the group decides to go their separate ways. And whoever defeats the leader first gets the payout. Our heroes set off down their path, fantasizing about the riches that await them. One thing that does await them, giant freaking frogs. A whole cave full of hunting frogs. One tongue lashes Nick's turn, immobilizing him. Malara casts... <laughs> I missed that. Say it with more Okay. Was it one of the comments I made? A whole cave of hunting frogs. One tongue lashes Nick's turn, immobilizing him. Malara casts a beast bond and creates a telepathic link with the hunting frog, reassuring it that they mean it no harm. She then proceeds to ride it like a loyal steed, cementing their trusting bond. <laughs> wink, wink. <laughs> Bill the Bullywog leads them to the sleeping quarters, where Anya somehow seduces all the Bullywogs to follow her into staging a coup against the Bullywog King Kevin. Anya, followed by the rest of her team, and a lot of angry and horny bullywogs storm the throne room and commence battle against King Kevin and his nobles, lounging atop a pile of riches. 
The poor bullywogs attach their rich oppressors, and Malara's newfound partner assists. As the battle rages, Nyxturn launches himself into the pile to attack the king directly, with the hunting frog following, squishing King Kevin. Anya's boyfriend, Bill, becomes the new king and begs Anya to remain at his side as his queen. Anya, not being in the market for a permanent commitment, lies her ass off, promising to return. Malara searches the pile of riches for their employer's missing items, and the intrepid group sets off. As they exit the Bullywog hideout, they meet up with one of the guild members from before, looking severely beat up. He says his name is Isaac, and he's the only surviving member of their guild. Clearly, our heroes benefited from a guide. Morlara heals them while he tells them that his fellow guild members were killed by the hunter frogs and the traps along their path. (sighs) The group, overruling Anya, suggests that he should join them, and he agrees. They return the stolen items to our employer, earning them a nice reward, and she sends them in the direction of the guild hall, where they decide to become an official guild, since there is no other way to spend reward tokens. They take on the moniker The Syndicate, and decide that their motto will be Righteous in Wrath, with the colors navy blue and silver. Awesome. So now we got the third game, which was called... Oh, we didn't want to change it to uh, Wet Welcome. (laughs) No, it wasn't Wet Welcome. It was Warm Welcome. Hmm, okay. Well, we have Game 3, The Ritual, a.k.a. Wet Welcome, a.k.a. Warm Welcome. (laughs) Being read by Laura. This episode begins with the surprise arrival of a potential new member, Kef. The group allows him to hang out as a trial run. He becomes he comes bearing a note from the World Guild Alliance, giving the newly coined syndicate their first guild task to investigate a suspicious village that has cropped up in the region. The intrepid team sets off on what promises to be an exciting adventure. They arrive at the village, and there doesn't seem to be anything out of the order or an authority figure around, but nothing seems amiss. Our heroes are talking to a couple villagers, and Anya sets off to find the tavern, when a scream rises from the direction of the lake. They rush to the lake to see what's the matter, and only find the beach empty, but for a small boat. Upon further deliberation, the crew decides to take the little boat into the lake to a small island nesting in the center to see if someone got stranded there. On a side note, why any of us thought Nixern would fit into a little dinghy is completely beyond me. Anyway, our dimensionally challenged heroes set out in the little dinghy to explore the island, but encounter considerable rocking. After rolling a decently high perception check, Adriel realizes that there's something in the water rocking our boat. As she flies up to take a closer look, a huge water hand tries to snatch her out of the air. Malara casts shape water to force the creature to the surface and finds a man dressed in a black robe, referred to our DM as a cultist. They make it across the lake to the island, where they tie up the captured cultist and examine the island. There is a small, shack-like building and very little else. The group pulls back the hood of the cultist to reveal some very prominent facial tattoos. Upon interrogation, the cultist confesses that his order steals from the village across the lake. They worship someone they call their lord, and he doesn't know what his tattoos symbolize, which might have been a really bad persuasion check. He also reveals that his order's headquarters are in the shack. We leave the cultists tied up on the beach and slowly approach the shack. Malara casts detect magic to see if the door is magically locked. It isn't. As they approach, however, Anya gets sucked into some quicksand and quickly disappears. 
She falls into a small, dark room and realizes she is being dragged down a hallway as she loses consciousness. The rest of the group make it through the door and find a shaft downward, and Malara disguises herself as one of the cultists to try and infiltrate them. The rest of the group finds a small room where Anya is laying on the floor. The door slams shut, and Nick's turn, Adriel, and Kef are knocked unconscious. Meanwhile, Malara discovers that the cultists are actually one of the other guilds. Surprise! This is actually a traditional hazing ritual for new guilds. Malara decides to play along, knowing no harm will come to her friends. The captain... <laughs> what? <laughs> yep. Rude. <laughs> the captive crew wakes up bound. Kef manages to free himself and then quickly frees the others, but the room starts filling with water. Unbeknownst to the group, Malara casts a spell so they can all breathe underwater. After some panicking, the room fills with water and they realize that they are all still alive and the cultists reveal themselves to be members of the Onyx Rose Guild, led by Kasmina. She takes them back to the surface where the town is completely gone, but now there's a dope after party to celebrate the new syndicate guild joining the Worldwide Guild Alliance. I'd like to point out that it was a really stupid idea to fly away from the monster so I could get a closer look. <laughs> You're not the smartest. <laughs> that's, all, that's also true. <laughs> okay, so now that we've read off uh, three of uh, our first three events, uh, we're just going to sit down and talk about them. All right, so I'll kick off this discussion with our first game because we did it kind of out of nowhere. I actually based it off of a pre-made game called the Wild Sheep Chase that was done by the Dungeon Masters Guild in just online. There's like a big guild of Dungeon Masters who make a bunch of pre-made campaigns and that one was there for free. So like I changed up the names of things a little bit, but like the and most of the stuff that happened ended up not being from the Wild Sheep Chase, but like the initial starting of the goat coming into a bar was Actually, I'm not even sure if that was the same, but the there's like in the initial there's a <laughs> Bilbo get away from the mic. <laughs> Our dog Bilbo just tried to lick the mic. He like snooted it. Yep. So anyway, the the party in the wild sheep chase gets approached by a sheep who is someone who's similarly named to Fenrir Albright or whatever his name was. Um and he tells him the same thing an apprentice took over his tower. Um it wasn't a tree in the original book, I don't think. Um, I just changed that up a little bit. And then the only other thing that was similar was the fight with the apprentice in the wild sheep chase. They do also turn the bed into a bed dragon. Oh, I didn't know that you stole this. It was our first game. <laughs> did we did we establish our rooms when we first took over the tower? Or no? Yeah. yeah right? That's like that same day. Right? Yeah, I remember game. because I had a secret hidden chamber that none of... None of y'all knew where it was, so yeah. I could be sneaky. I think I was in the very front. With you a were lot of in heads. the lobby because we determined you were too stupid to find a room outside of the lobby. Yeah. I think <laughs> I we determined we later that on that stable. I wasn't that stupid, though, right? Or was I really stupid? No, you weren't that stupid. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's canon. You were dumb. Yeah, I think I don't yeah, know I why. Think, I think we made a lot of dumb Nick's turn jokes throughout this whole like, thing. The first half, I was like, I think I'm really dumb. But I, <laughs> after looking at my stats, I was like, oh, wait, no, I'm not. It's a character choice. My room was a a hammock um, outside on the canopy <laughs> in the tree. I pretty much just had a library with a tiny bed in the corner. <laughs> yeah, I just had hay. Hay in the corner <laughs> with a lot of dead parts around me. 
Oh, what was really cool, though, was that John let us make our own town. That's way later, but yeah, we kind of... <laughs> <laughs> I forgot that was way Spoiler later. alert. <laughs> Never but mind. That no, that's true. Be, it, what, what my intent was for this thing was because, as we talked about in game two, they ended up making a guild, and this whole like kingdom is uh, essentially a kingdom of guilds run by one big guild, and everyone reports back to them, and they kind of just have all these jobs and everything that they go out and do. And the whole intent when we first set this up, we didn't end up doing it throughout the whole thing, but after you guys earned X amount of guild coins, you were able to expand the land that you are were on. So yeah, eventually you guys ended up making a whole town out of what we what we did. And we have, that is actually a recording instead of a recap. Spoilers. Spoilers. We can also um, maybe post a picture of our original drawing. Oh yeah, I can <laughs> post that like on the Twitter. Like It was on a piece of cardboard that I'm pretty sure came from a pizza box. Yes, it did. Uh, Luis drew it. <laughs> All right, what else? Uh, after after the first game, uh, everything was original. There there wasn't anything, uh, for Kylie's term, stolen after ha, that. Uh, <laughs> false. False? False statement. Okay. I specifically remember at least one game in the future that is based explicitly off Paragon. Oh. <laughs> that is true, but that is a MOBA was... <laughs> <laughs> Was a MOBA, a uh, was it multiplayer online battle arena that was killed by Fortnite? Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> I miss my Countess. Yeah, me and Kylie and Luis played it a ton. Um, it was like the only video game I played for like uh, years. Yeah, so one of the games that we'll actually have to do another synopsis for, which is kind of it's almost right near the end. I made a big battle map that we put up on our TV and we essentially played a MOBA in D&D for one of the events and I like threw in little story points once they got to certain percentages of the game being complete. So we'll have to do a recap of that one because we don't actually have a recording of it because God, that would have been awful for you guys as listeners. (laughs) Did anyone have anything from the game where Anya married Bill? Here comes the bride. Bold dressed and white. I will say, I don't know about Anya marrying Bill, but um, I named my hunting frog Dart. Yeah, because we were watching Stranger Things at that point. And my brain just envisioned pretty much like the baby, um, what, what is it? Copying. Demi-Gorgon. Copy. Yes. Yeah, but I'm not creating this campaign. I copy. can name it whatever I damn well please. You can name it a copy. I actually really liked Isaac, the NPC, even though Anya, you know, was racist towards humans, but I liked him personally. You can't, though, because you're racist. <laughs> Did we get into Isaac's backstory? No, not a, uh, I mean, we briefly mentioned that he was from a, another guild that got killed in the frog area. He's a spelunker. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I think the nickname we gave him was the Navigator. Mm. Yeah. He does stuff mm-hmm. with us in other episodes. Yes, that we'll discuss. But yeah, we gave the first few indoctrinated guild people like nicknames. <laughs> so- the way you say indoctrinated, it, it makes it sound like we're brainwashing them. Aren't we? Well, <laughs> we literally started a cult in this town. Well, <laughs> righteous in wrath, if I remember correctly. Yeah. I, I'm the wrath. <laughs> Never mind. Jonathan, how did you. How did writing these games make you feel? 
stressed. <laughs> Anxious. <laughs> well, I guess one thing I'll interject is that the the games I planned out as story arcs, um, and every every few games, it was every four games was supposed to be something was introduced in the beginning and something was either solved or newly introduced by the fourth game. So games four, eight, 12, 16, and 20 all were finales of arcs. So this first arc that I did was United, Gilded, um, The Ritual, and then the next time we, or the next, the next episode that we record will start with game four, which was called, I think it was called The First Rift, is, which is where I introduced the like main crux of, how, of this campaign in general. And that's like right after these guys get settled, they make a guild, they have a new member, and then I introduced the main problem. And then from then, I tried to keep every four episodes kind of self-contained. Jonathan, how many D&D campaigns have you done before this one? Technically zero. <laughs> uh, also false. Well, technically zero because I've never finished a campaign before this one. That was the question. So probably three or four campaigns have been started before this one. And this is the first one I ever got to finish. We originally started doing these in college with our fraternity group, Phi Sigma Pi. And it was just kind of hectic as hell we had 16 people not including myself playing during this that that, that was just wild it was so hard to control and uh, we only played like probably five or six weeks of that fun fact anya was a crossover character that i still played in the college games that john ran yeah so there was a campaign called dirge of the dire that we were like trying to kick off and i think we got like <laughs> six games in um, into that why didn't you finish it though? Too many people, not enough planning. No, we finished because we, we finished that camp or gave up on that campaign because the further we got into it, the drunker people were when we showed up, and it was just awful. I had fun. I think you because I was sober. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> throwing people was like one of my main attacks until we started leveling up. <laughs> but I mean, I also rolled pretty well. I feel like a lot of the time. Yeah, Nick Stern was like the only person not dice cursed in our whole group. <laughs> I have never been so dice cursed in any D&D game I've ever played than this one. I g even got my own dice and it still didn't help. <laughs> I think I rolled more crit fails in this game than anyone else here. Secrets, we named this whole uh, podcast after Adriel alone. <laughs> yep. No, it's true. You just got to buy weighted dice like I did. <laughs> you need dice jail. Yeah, put them in the freezer. Hey, right, is that all we got to talk about? Yeah, right. It was a long time ago. The we, call to action. The call to action. <laughs> so you guys, we're we're just setting everything up. So you probably you by the time this is up, maybe you'll be able to find it everywhere. But we have a website uh, hosted by Buzzsprout that is halfwitsfailedcrits.com and that's where you'll definitely be able to get our episodes right away. Um, we'll try and get them up on Spotify and. Uh, Apple podcasts and all that stuff as quick as we can. You can send us emails at halfwitsfailedcrits at gmail.com and you can find us on Facebook and Twitter at failedcrits. Our theme song is by Kevin McLeod and is called Crunk Night. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that That sounded weird because I just found it the other day and... 
I haven't put a theme song into these yet because we're recording them. <laughs> so I had to remember that, yes, there will be a theme song. Okay, well, thanks for joining us. We're going to be doing our games four through six on the next episode. So we hope you come back to listen. <laughs> Until next time. <laughs> <laughs>